Last time on Improv Tabletop, we met a brand new trio of heroes. Patrick, the paranormal investigator, Louise, the miner, the demolitions expert, and Bob, the prairie king, the video game character, come to life within the video game. These three individuals were gathered together at the behest of the mayor of Stardew Valley because the place is becoming haunted. Originally, it was just the community center, but it seems that the haunting is extending out into the sewers because after Louise and Bob went to meet their new paranormal investigator friend at the railway station, they uh, did a little tour of the town and heard screaming coming from up underneath the sewers. Krobus told you that there were ghosts down there. What's going to happen now that our heroes have jumped down into the sewers? Let's find out here in the world of Starboo Valley. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by Justin Porter, aka JP, and I'm on vacation from my problems. <laughs> McKenna Steele, I wish. <laughs> Thomas Ryan. Floss regularly. Yes, children. Okay. Yes. Okay, just because I haven't gone to the dentist for the past five years. Listen, <laughs> I went today and they told me everything was great. Yeah, so, just because I haven't done basic dental hygiene for five years. No, I've been brushing for five years. Hey, going to the doctor every six months is part of basic dental hygiene. I go to the dentist every day. That doesn't count. I don't know. I feel like going to the dentist is like going to Jiffy Lube and they only want to tell you when the problem's actually to pay for it. Like I had a no, bumper no, 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 falling no, no, no. off. I had a bumper falling off my car. <laughs> they still said, like, your car looks great, but you do need to change. Why'd you take it to the dentist then? <laughs> but you still need to, you know, change the oil or whatever. I'm like, you didn't notice the missing bumper? Ridiculous. Shout out to Jiffy Lube. Anyway. Shout out. I'm about to get real heated. We're never going to get that Jiffy Lube sponsorship. Yeah, I just lost us our Jiffy Lube, so I'm so sorry. Go to the dentist if you can. They make sure everything's okay. This episode brought to you by the Dentist Board of the United States of America. The American Dental Association. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, and viewers like you. <laughs> yes, literally, this improv tabletop remains defiantly ad-free in the space of capitalism through the kind donations of patrons like you. Thank you. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Let's go to some sewers, folks. Yeah, folks. So, you heard screaming of your shadowy friend, Krobus, coming from down in the sewers. Not rats, he said, but ghosts this time around. And so, as you plunge down into the depths, here's uh, the picture that I'm going to kind of paint for you, the, the mind picture here. Uh, I feel like I've mentioned this before on the podcast for some reason, but there was an after-school special that I watched way back in the day called Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, I think it was. And it was like a whole bunch of random cartoon characters doing a non-drug sort of thing as they're wont to do back in the 80s. Yeah. And at one point, this kid finds himself in the sewers and it's like this weird psychedelic, the sewer waters are like neon green and purple and stuff. And he lands in this water. He's like, what's going on? And he just looks up. And who's there but Michelangelo, the Ninja Turtle, saying, cowabunga, dude. What? So Michelangelo, the turtle, isn't there. But uh. it is like 
weird sort of neon ghostly it's almost like almost as if there were black lights everywhere just this fluorescing weird liquid stuff going on in the sewers there's like stuff on the walls kind of shimmering all ghostly like and what we're going to do now that i've kind of start setting the scene is we're going to turn the creation engine over to our players here so that they can have an opportunity to create some aspects this is another thing you can do in Fate, is not only do our characters have aspects, but the places that they visit can also have aspects that they can use to their advantage as we go forward. To create an aspect, we're going to kind of describe what you see, and then we're going to roll, and depending on how well you do, we might get a free invoke on that aspect, meaning as long as you have a free invoke available, you can use that to your advantage to make one of your rolls better. We'll explain a bit more how it works when it comes up in the flow of the game. But let's go around the horn here and Patrick, our paranormal investigator, what is something interesting that you noticed down in these sewers? I noticed every once in a while, you'll see a couple pair of eyes just kind of pop out of the water and then go back underneath. <gasps> All right. We're going to call this aspect aquatic intruders. Now go ahead and roll your fate dice. We're going to do this unmodified and depending on how well you roll, that might move things towards your advantage or away from your advantage. Plus one. All right, so we're going to get one free invoke for you guys on aquatic invaders. Now McKenna, as Louise looks around here in the sewers, what's something that she notices? That Krobus has really taken this space and made it his own. Um, he's got like a full like kitchen set up, lots of chests filled with cool items. Like he's just got a really great setup down here that, you know, if we ever needed anything, we could probably find it. Like mm. full kitchen, full stock. He's got a little bit of everything. All right. We're going to call this aspect man cave, more like bunker. Hey, yo. <laughs> now go ahead and roll. A zero. So this means the aspect is created, but we're not going to get any free invokes on it, but you can still potentially use it to your advantage moving forward. With a fate point. Yes. And Thomas, what's something that Bob sees as he's looking around the sewers? Just mounds and mounds of glorious trash. Far as the eye can see, piles of filth and garbage. <laughs> so many treasures waiting to be found. So many secrets hidden. I'm just going to call this piles of filth and garbage because you got it in one. <laughs> yeah. Now go ahead and roll your four fate dice. Two. I got two dice. Woo! Or two plus two. That's the number. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get a free invoke on this one as well for you. So you get down here and you're like, man, Krobus has really kind of done some cool stuff with this place aside from, you know, the massive piles of garbage, which, you know, to some of you, I suppose, is a bonus to the rest of you. Maybe not quite so much. Um, Patrick, you're a bit of a fancy sort of dude, as we saw based on how you treat your wardrobe. How do you feel, just generally speaking, about being in this filthy location? Yeah, it reminds me of New York. You know, <laughs> it's not too clean. Smells a little suspicious, and uh, there seems to be something winking at me every once in a while. But uh, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm down here with a girl, so not too bad. And me. And Gus over there. Bob. That's right. <laughs> Billy. Bob. Not Billy Bob. Just Bob. All right, Billy Bob. All right. <laughs> so as you like get down here, the one thing that you notice is kind of conspicuously not immediately in front of you is Krobus. He was just there screaming not too long ago and suddenly he's gone. Where's Krobus? Where are all of these ghosts that he was talking about? 
That's the thing about ghosts is uh, they never are there when you think about them. So I think we all need to just kind of keep our eyes peeled. Uh, Louise, you can, uh, you know, walk next to me and everything and we'll we'll be able to find this ghost. Okay, I was going to say it might be good if we split up um, and I'll take different sections, but um, sure. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen Scooby-Doo? The best looking of the two always go together. And then the, they let the, I don't know, the shaggy one and the dog go the other way. So. All right. Let's go, Patrick. <laughs> I'm ready. I've never heard of Scooby-Doo, but we can do that. Why are you just standing there? Okay. So you guys are going, so you guys are going that way. I'll go check over here. I'll see what I can find in Corbus's kitchen. Um, and if you guys want to kind of check around that trash... Uh, maybe we can find some clues. All right. That's a great plan, Louise. Here, take this. And I'm going to hand you a pair of broken glasses. Oh, wow. I think I can fix these. I'm sure you can. I'm going to try and fix them real quick so that I could maybe see better. Okay. Yeah, I think to to fix glasses, that seems maybe pretty careful. To it does be. seem pretty careful, doesn't it? I think my new goal is just to always be rolling careful. <laughs> You're plus zero. <gasps> plus two. Wow, once again, another success against all odds. Wow, my dice love me. So one thing that I do need to correct myself on from last episode is success with style is not two or higher, it is three or higher. Ooh, so oh. we'll, we'll still let you keep that boost from last time because uh, it'll probably come in handy with how much you're rolling careful, even though it's your plus zero stat. But yeah, so you successfully fix these glasses and you put them on your face and you notice that it's kind of like, have you ever put on a pair of polarized sunglasses when you're yes. by a body of water yes. and suddenly you can see through all the reflections on the surface, what's going on below. That is the coolest moment. You put on these glasses and these weird fluorescent colors around you start to dim and go away and you can see more clearly like through the water. And I'll tell you what you see after we uh, touch base real quick with our two most attractive members, Bob and Patrick. Um, so I just kind of like, oh, whatever. And I get out this, uh, how, I don't know what exactly it is in Ghostbusters, but I know um, they use it once. It looks like the thing that like you're used to when you re when you go to the doctors and they check your blood pressure and they have to like pump it with their hand. Oh uh, yeah. Pressure cuff. Yeah, but it's like the actual squeezing part, and it's connected to uh, like a walkie-talkie thing where you pull out the wire and he just kind of waves the wire around while he's pumping the other thing, and I'm just kind of doing that. And I keep... Oh yeah, when he's like detecting the ectoplasm and stuff. Yep, and I just uh, conspicuously keep hitting Bob in the head every time I turn around looking at something. I do not notice. Um, I, I recognize I'm getting hit. I do not realize what you're doing. So anyway, I know I'm a lower pixel count than most, but like, it's it's pretty fun still. The Valley people have been really nice to me ever since I got out of that game. It's kind of hard though, because I keep digging in the trash and there's not, I mean, there's a lot of good trash, but Linus is really quick and he keeps beating me to it. And I don't all right, all right. I don't need to hear your whole doctor's history. Let's uh, keep moving down this way. And, uh... Linus isn't my doctor. He's just a guy who lives out in the mountains. He's really nice. Um, you should go talk to him sometime, too. <laughs> but anyway, I was out trying to go uh, find some dinner. As Bob continues to ramble on, uh, Patrick, let's have you roll with Clever to see if you find anything with your PKE meter. Okay. Two. All right, yeah. So you're looking through these different piles of garbage and you do catch some life readings coming from one of the piles sort of on the far side. 
it's got kind of like a thermal camera readout almost on your little screen there. And you see a bunch of little critters kind of scurrying around behind one of the piles of trash. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, what's your name? Uh, Brian? Um, why don't you Bob. Go- yeah, yeah. Uh, why don't you go check out behind that trash? I think I, I saw something shiny over there. All right. I'm going to sprint and dive behind the trash, see if I can catch whatever he was pointing at. All right. Go ahead and roll to overcome with quick to see how quickly you jump behind the trash. Uh, One. All right. Yeah. Let me roll some here. Yeah, you leap behind this trash pile and you see a whole bunch of rats here. And it looks like they're having a little rally almost. There's one of them standing in front of the others, kind of like up on top of a little matchbox. And he's got a picket sign that he's made out of like a used band-aid attached to a Q-tip. And he's like, now that the shadowy one has departed from our sewers, we are free. We are free to take over this place for ourselves. Now, the weird thing you notice about these rats as they're like cheering in human voices, aside from the fact that they're speaking in human voices, is the fact that they all have kind of this phantasmal glow. It's almost as if dry ice mist is coming off of their eyes in these weird fluorescent colors. Ew. Uh, Patrick, there's living rat man ghosts back here, I think. I'm pretty sure that's just the mirror. Sorry, guy. (laughs) What is that supposed to mean? And I get over there and I see these rats. Ah, a rally. Mm. Those aren't good. Does this happen a lot in New York? Uh, I've seen a couple uh, infestations in my time, but nothing we can't handle. Just uh, take out my PKE meter, just kind of take a whiff, see if I can sense any ectoplasm or whatever some ghostly trails all right give me a clever roll to overcome one all right so you start getting this reading on these rats here and definitely these rats have been possessed by some sort of spectral force but the thing that you're picking up now that you weren't picking up before is a pretty big presence coming from behind you. Like you're faced away from the central trough area where the sewage is running. You sense actually the thing that Louise is currently seeing with those glasses. It is a big, 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 big old nasty rat, all covered in like lesions and welts and boils. It's got patches of fur that like as it swims along, you can see little clumps of fur kind of like floating to the surface of the muck behind it. Just this immensely diseased rat is swimming directly towards your two compatriots who are not looking in its direction. Um, so I'm going to do the old-fashioned fishing. I'm going to throw an explosive in there to <laughs> blow it up. Old-fashioned fishing. Just like Pa used to do. <laughs> Just like Pa used to do. All right, yeah. We're going to have you then roll to attack with... This sounds pretty forceful to me. I would agree. Ah, it's a plus two. All right, we're going to have the rat roll to defend with Clever to see if it notices you because it's pretty focused on your friends over there. That's a minus three. <gasps> Jeez. So, Get wrecked. Well, literally, exactly. You throw the dynamite down into the water and it settles immediately below the rat and like it's just reaching its claws up over the edge and you can hear the claws clack against the stonework and begin to screech against it almost like on a chalkboard as it's pulling itself up over and as it opens up its big maw to go 
the explosion goes off beneath it. It takes five points of damage. Yes. That's how, uh, in Fate, how we calculate the amount of damage is in something called shifts. The success compared to the failure. And because plus two is five shifts away from minus three, this rat takes five points of damage. It goes flying straight up into the air, somersaults a bunch of times. And like the rest of you, you definitely heard this explosion. You turn around, like all of the other littler rats turn as well with you to see this. It's spiraling through the air and it goes sailing straight towards the rally of smaller rats in front of you. And the one with the picketing sign looks up and goes, oh my goodness. And the big old rat just lands on top of all of them with a splatting noise. And uh, the rat is now lying there in front of you and it's still twitching a little bit. Uh, it's still got a little bit of life left in it after that explosion, but uh, it is looking mighty angry. Now we have weaseled our way into a combat situation here and the initiative that we like to use here on Improv Tabletop is what's known as Balsera style initiative because it was introduced by a guy named Leonard Balsera. It's also known as elective order initiative because we get to choose who goes when. So basically, McKenna, since you just barely went, you now get to choose who goes next, and we just continue to do that until everybody in the round has gone, and then we start again at the top of the next round. Okay, so as he flies forward, I'm gonna yell, guys, I want him alive. He might know where Krobus is. Um, and then Bob, take it away. No problem, Louise. I got this. I'm gonna shoot him. <laughs> All right. With my gun. With your terrible aim. And my terrible aim. Oh no. Point blank. All right. Because he's right in front of you right now, right? That is correct. Oh no. Oh yeah. Now let's have you roll to attack. And since this is just point blank, um, if I can, can I do it kind of? flashy, if you will. I want to show off in front of Patrick. Yeah, describe what it looks like as you flourish your sidearm. Alright, I'm gonna reach into my, my holster, grab my gun, spin it around on my finger, throw it in the air, and then I'm gonna, like, catch it and shoot. Alright. Ooh, that is flashy. Roll to attack with flashy then. Now that it knows you're there, it's gonna try and defend with quick. That's a three. It only got a plus two. Hey! So you look down there and because you have terrible aim, like you're shooting point Blake, you start with your gun pointed like directly at its face and then your pixels, you know, you're moving a little bit inaccurately. And so you end up pointing and you shoot it like in the leg instead of right in the face, only dealing one damage. So it's still kicking a little bit, uh, but it's very unhappy at this point. Uh, who would you like to go next? Patrick, was I cool? Yeah, sure. All right. Um, how weak are we looking at? He's pretty weak. Yeah, he's looking maybe like two out of eight weak. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she wants to keep it around instead of me uh, vaporizing this thing. I guess I'm going to show off some tech. And I'm assuming since this is like 40 years past the Ghostbusters that I have some pretty cool new tech. So I get out a trap, but it's not one that's like in a big brick. I'm going to think it's more like a Pokeball kind of situation, except it's flat. I'm going to like throw it at the top of the sewer. It's going to magnetize there, pop open and suck the rat into it. Nice. That sounds pretty clever to me using this fancy technology. Roll to attack with clever. Okay. It is once again going to defend with quick to try and dodge out of the way. I got a three. It's rolling terrible. That is a flat zero. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> rat. So I succeed with style, don't I? You do in fact succeed with style. 
So you are going to gain a boost on this overcome. So the boost that I'm going to give you is like you see the rat, like it's clawing at the pile of garbage beneath it, trying to hold on, but its grip slips off. It goes flying up into the trap, gets fully sucked in. And now the boost that you have is, um, you have a rat at your disposal, big giant rat. Maybe you can get information from it. Maybe you can use it for like a surprise attack or something. I'll leave that up to you. All right. I do a click on my watch and the trap that's now stuck on the ceiling releases and kind of magnets back to my watch because it was actually part of my watch. So and just mags it and I just put it right there. Very nice. So you have successfully caught this big rat and you look down at the rest of the rats who were kind of squished beneath it. And you can see that weird sort of dry ice-like spiritual infestation that was possessing them is moving like kind of as one unit, this curtain of mist that moves across the floor of the sewers away from you further down into the depths. And all of these little rats start kind of coming back to their senses, just regular old rats this time, and they start scurrying off into the different piles of garbage. All right. Well, maybe we should uh, make our way down that way. And Louise, I don't know. Uh, I think that was cute, the, us trying to split up and everything. But I think from now on, we should probably stick pretty close together. Yeah, it, it was. It got really close there because you guys both almost got attacked. But like, if I had not been like over off by myself, all three of us could have gotten attacked. But for now, we can all stick together. It's all right, Pat. I'll keep you safe. All right, well, uh, Flippy over there is going to lead the way. Bob, I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> now, Louise, you initially had been hoping to look through some of Krobus's possessions here in his bunker. So let's have you make a clever roll to see if you can notice anything as you're kind of moving on the way out. Mm, plus one. Plus one. That's decent. So you start looking through uh, what's going on here and you notice evidence of a struggle <gasps> kind of off in one corner of Krobus's little bunker area here. You're able to notice, especially since you've got these glasses on that you repaired, these ectoplasmic footprints that you can see sort of splotching their way along the ledge of the sewer before leaping off into the water. <gasps> and you can see what looks like little drag marks of shadowy fingers trying to grab at stuff and being pulled into the sewers, moving off in the same direction as that mist went. Ooh, um, but there's like no sidewalk. It's just jumping into the sewer water is the option here. Uh, unless you want to climb through the mountains of trash. It's either mountains of trash or sewer water, your choice. So I'm going to use a fate point and use it on man cave, more like bunker, and see if I can find an inflatable raft for us to float down the sewer waters on. Booyah. So let's talk about fate points. Fate points are a resource that all of our players have that allows them to have some more narrative control over the outcomes of the story. Each of you start with three fate points at the beginning of every session, and you can use fate points to do a few different things. If you make a roll and you don't like the result of that roll, you can spend a fate point by invoking one of your aspects. So in this instance, we have the aspect man cave, more like bunker. You spend one fate point, invoke that aspect and either re-roll one of the rolls you made or add plus two to the result. Or you can just spend it to declare a story beat 
uh, to try and make something happen within the story. So I think it's certainly within the purview of the Fate Point system to find an inflatable raft here among Krobus's stuff. All right, guys, I think we can go ahead and get in. Um, if you want to like hop in on, on, on in the raft, I've, I've got the oars and it's all inflatable, so it should be pretty comfy. So um, get in. Thanks, Louise. You're a doll. You know, I think this raft can only fit about two of us. Maybe we have, uh, you know, Skippy out there drag us while you and me just sit in the back and talk a little bit. Well, I only exist in two dimensions. I can yeah. fit anywhere. He's a ghost. <laughs> oh, he's a ghost. A game ghost. I'm going to turn sideways and you can't see me anymore. <laughs> huh, where'd he go? Oh, boy. All right. Won't even know I'm here. What'd you say? Sorry. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, mm, okay. All right, well, uh, let's get in the raft, I guess, and then move on down. We can follow, like, they have, like, I don't know if you can see, and I put the glasses on each of them, one at a time, obviously, um, to show them the little drag marks so that we can follow them. I'll sit at the front of the boat, and that way I can direction where we go. Sounds good. So you all hop into the inflatable raft, and as you start going along, you see that there is one of the little possessed rats managed to escape, He's got a little hat and a striped shirt and a bandana, and he's punting you along, singing O Sole Mio <gasps> as you go along. I love him. Oh, it's the hat rat. <gasps> and you start moving your way through uh, this sewer here, and eventually you hear the sound of the sewer water starting to get louder. And as you look forward, you can see it appears that there are rapids ahead of you in the sewers. That doesn't seem natural. Hey, um, hey rat, that's driving our boat. Um, I've never actually been down here before, but I don't think that's probably correct. Um, is this new? This is a very new. It only happened recently about the time I got possessed by this terrible spirit. Oh no, did it ruin your entire rat ecosystem down here? Oh, it's been a pretty weird since then. I got this accent. That's the weirdest thing that's happened to me. But other stuff aside from that, all of my friends, they start to uh, become very violent and attacking people. There was Krobus there, you know, he didn't like us having around very much. And uh, something popped out of there, big, big old scary beast, drag him right away. And all of my friends say, this is a great. And I'm like, I just want to sing. Oh. Oh, well, I guess that's the end of that conversation. I feel like this is probably a good place to start with Krobus because this is all the bad things happening. Does they Do they keep going and going like the drag marks and everything? Yeah. You continue to look around for like signs here and there. Go ahead and roll with Clever for me. <gasps> a minus one. Minus one. You have lost track of any signs of Krobus. Like every so often you could see a little sign of like a pile of trash that had been scraped through as if something was trying to cling on to it. Mm -hmm. But it's gotten to the point where presumably they managed to restrain Krobus to the point where they were just carrying him straight down the sewer here. And as you continue to look forward, you can see the rapids starting to get more and more severe and the sewer starting to widen out almost as if it were more of a naturally carved tunnel of sorts. It starts to go down and down and down into these big old caverns. And Louise, you start to find yourself in maybe some familiar sort of territory. It appears that the sewers are now running into the mines for some reason. <gasps> 
all of my hard work that I've put into all of this, and now it's all filled with sewer water. Yeah. What? And what's even worse than that, you feel the inflatable raft start to buck and jump beneath you <gasps> as the rapids are starting to get more and more severe. I think we're going to head into a challenge here. Oh no. So what we're going to need is uh, some skill rolls from you folks. Describe what you are doing to help towards the success of this challenge. Uh, I'm going to take a little note from our good old friend Blades in the Dark, and I'm going to create a progress clock. We'll call it a six clock. You're going to need to fill in all six segments of this clock in order to successfully make it through the mines here. And failures along the way might result in uh, some bumps and bruises here and there. So as uh, you start getting into the heat of the rapids, the rat turns to you and says, this is as far as I can go. I didn't sign up for this. And takes the punting stick and puts it on a rock and vaults himself back up onto the shore and gives you a little salute and says, I hope you don't die, but I wouldn't be surprised if you do. And then scampers off into the trash. Oh, ciao, Bella. Okay, um, I would like to try and see if I can figure out exactly what part we're at and so I can know because I probably know like where all the rocks and bumps and turns would be because I like carved them out. Yeah, let's have you roll with clever to wreck your memory. Nope. Oh, that's a minus one. So remind me, I can use a fate point to re-roll? Yep, you can either entirely re-roll the thing or you can just add two to the result. Risk it for the biscuit, I'm gonna re-roll. All right, which of your aspects are you going to invoke for that? Uh, minor, I barely know her. Yeah, you know these mines? Barely. Ooh, a plus two. Very nice. So you start looking through and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that place right over there. That's where I broke my pick that one time and I had to fight off uh, some of those terrible beasties with my bare hands. With my bears. So you're starting to recognize the lay of the tunnels here. It seems that there are unexpected changes in some locations. You're like, okay, well, I know that this is the corridor where I broke my pickaxe, but immediately past that should be the place where I found that geode but that place isn't there anymore. It seems as if there are some weird sort of supernatural forces at play kind of changing the layout of the mines that you were in. <gasps> but uh, you do successfully manage to mark off one tick on your six clock. We now have five left. Uh, let's continue with some initiative. Louise, who would you like to go next? Um, let's, let's see some Patrick. All right. Um, since Ratatouille didn't seem to help us a lot, <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find a stick and kind of um, steady us a little bit. All right. Go ahead and roll with, hmm. What do you think is going to be the most important thing for you here? Trying to locate the stick, trying to grab the stick as you're moving past quickly. What do you think is kind of your approach to that there? Um, I'm going to say looking for a stick more than just grabbing it. Okay. Looking for the right opportunity. Roll to overcome with clever then. Three. Perfect. That is success with style. That is going to mark off two ticks on your six clock. We're currently at three out of six ticks marked. What does it look like as you grab this stick and start to steady the descent of the boat? Yeah, I'm just going to be like standing in the front of the boat, one foot on the top of the inflatable part and the other foot down and just got a stick and just kind of pushing things so that I don't, we don't like run into a wall or turf it or anything. All right. Yeah. Pushing off at just the right moment here, ducking at just the right moment underneath an overhang. Yep. 
And now the only person who hasn't gone in this round is Bob. So what would you like to do? I'd like to get my gun out and uh, I'm prepared to shoot any bad monsters we see. So let's have you roll with... I, know, I feel like that would be careful because you're, like, getting ready. That's what I was hoping for. And you don't want to shoot us. <laughs> All right. Roll plus zero. Woo. Minus one. Oh, no. Beautiful. Yeah. You are looking around like, okay, there's going to be a terrible giant aquatic rat somewhere around here. And for a second, you could swear that you feel something gnawing against your foot. So you like reach down and you shoot at it. You hit yourself in the foot. You take one stress from that. And turns out it wasn't a rat. It was uh, a leak in the boat. <gasps> Did I do that? Good going, Urkel. Now put your finger in it and plug up the hole. I exist in two dimensions, Patrick. <laughs> I try and put my finger in it, but it just, like, splits the hole. <laughs> I, I understand that you only exist in two dimensions, but I really need you to think in three right now. Hand me that pole. I'm going to try and grab the pulse to plug the hole. <laughs> All right. I'm going to create another clock that is racing against you guys. This will be a four clock called Sunk. We're going to mark off one tick on that. So we have three left on each of these clocks. If you can't get through these rapids before the sunk clock fills up, then you're going to be in a bad position. Yeah. Now, Bob, who would you like to go next? I think Louise. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, Just clarifying. So we're just going down this path, and it's all just one straight path, but it can go off onto little different ones, depending. Yeah, you can see as you're moving past that there are some divergences here and there. The weird thing is that, you know, generally, if you look at how rivers work, like river basins and whatnot, they all start in different places and kind of converge into one big river that converges into a bigger river until eventually it makes it to the ocean. What's going on with this is it's starting in one place in the sewers and it's spreading out in a bunch of different directions as if this contaminated ghostly water is trying to seep itself into as many portions of the mines as possible. Okay, I'm gonna see if I can find a smoother sailing one that we could at least pull over onto and try and like get it together. All right, that sounds pretty clever to me. One. Mm, okay, yeah, you look around and you are able to notice it and I will let you try to augment that with a quick roll to see like if you can manage to make it over to, so you see like there's a couple different ones off to the side. The furthest one would be ideal. The other one before it would still be better than the path you're currently on, but wouldn't be quite as good. Okay. So go ahead and give me a quick roll. A three. Three, that is success with style. So we're going to tick off two more ticks on our Escape the Rapids clock. You only have one tick left on that clock. Who would you like to go next? Did you actually roll to like try and plug the hole? No, I didn't. Okay, I'm going to pass it to you then to try and plug the hole. All right. Or do whatever you want, but I'm passing it to you. I feel like I'm obligated to plug the hole. <laughs> I'm going to reach into the filthy sewer trash water and find a banana and plug the hole. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you think is the approach? This is a legitimate Ned question for the universe at large. Which approach best signifies? I have to find the banana quick. I have to find it fast. All right. Roll with quick to find a rotting banana in the sewers. One. All right. So you grab the banana and you do successfully manage to plug up the hole. We have eliminated that clock. 
but uh, if another big failure comes up, then the banana might dislodge itself. Who knows? <gasps> no, not my banana. Now, Patrick, you're the one who hasn't gone in this round, so what would you like to do? I think we're going a little too fast. I'm going to try to slow us down. All right. So you've got your stick that you've been using to kind of push yourself off the various parts there. Uh, sounds maybe pretty forceful to me to try and just like jam it in there, try and slow down your descent. Okay. Uh, plus four. Plus four. Holy cow. Yeah. That's good. That is success with style. What I'm going to say is like you are using this here stick to slow down your descent. You're getting there, you're getting there, and you're coming in for this very smooth finale. And you're looking off to kind of the shore area and you can see it's kind of this makeshift, I don't know, almost like prison pen looking thing mm -hmm. where there's like some cots and some tables and stuff. And it looks like, surprise, this is where, you know, you know the villagers who have gone missing from Stardew Valley lately? They've just kind of been disappearing. Turns out this is where they've been going. What? And so as you're coming in for this finish, you look out there and you see a bunch of the villagers in there and you see some pretty classy looking ladies there. So what you do as you kind of ground the raft on the side there is like you take that punting pole and you hit it against a rock and you do like a big old flip, like a triple axle in the air and land perfectly gracefully on your feet in front of all of these ladies and they turn towards you and they're just kind of like, oh, who's... Who's that over there? It's just funny to me because I imagine myself like a Bill Murray like looking guy doing this. <laughs> like, not a Chris Pratt or a you know a good looking guy like uh, Bill Murray's doing this. Yeah, but it was still a pretty good stunt. Success with style there. So uh, yeah, I just uh, I take that stick and I just kind of throw it behind me and look around. And yeah, get a little smile. And at this point, uh, the villagers start coming up to you and we'll say that Shane's here. Why not? <gasps> he comes walking up and he like kind of just breezes past Patrick because he doesn't know who Patrick is. And he's like, Louise, welcome to these dark pits that we found ourselves in. What brings you to these pits that are as dark as the angst of my soul? Amazing. Oh, my gosh. Um, hi. Um, hey, sorry. I didn't think I'd run into you. Um. Oh, this is like super awkward. Um, yeah, there's like a lot of ghosts that are like down here. Mayor Lewis sent us to find them, but like also you guys are all like missing like a lot. So why are you, what brought you, how did you get, how did, how, how did you get down here? I was asleep one night alone with the torments of my own dark soul. Oh my gosh. And next thing I knew, the screaming of my soul was suddenly the screaming coming out of my voice because I was being dragged across the floor <gasps> of my one room where I sleep all by myself. I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely and so misunderstood. I was being dragged across the floor by terrible ghostly fingers oh. and dragged down down, down, down through the mines. And every turn I thought to myself, this is Louise's mines. Oh, and I remembered the times that we spent together and the torment of my soul was compounded upon itself many times fold. I'm so dark and misunderstood. Anyway, that's how I got here. Oh, uh, so you like remember then that we were married and I divorced you because of your stupid joke. Wait, what? Oh. <laughs> I turn around to you, I'm like, wait, what? So <laughs> they used to date, but there's this thing in town. Yeah, don't worry about it. Oh, um, yeah. So, um, ha oops. <laughs> I'm going to go be dark and broody by myself in the corner real quick. I'll catch you later, Louise. Okay, and as he walks away, I whisper, 
I love him. <laughs> Dang it, Louise. I can fix him just like I fixed these glasses. I can fix him. I can fix him. Um, that's wild. Okay, so, um, I think that the ghosts are dragging them down here. And that's not really safe. Um, I wonder, hey, who's kind of leading this little pack of people right now? Uh, you look and see it is Linus. Why not? <gasps> Linus. Oh, I'm glad you're okay, buddy. Oh, wait, Linus is a guy. I thought that was something he caught. Okay, no. never mind. Yeah, yeah, cool, Linus. <laughs> uh, he's a great man. And if you disparage his name, I will be upset. Oh, Bob, didn't know that you were down here as well. I just barely found my way down here myself. Last thing I knew, I was up on the surface. I found this really nice jacket just sitting by one of the manhole covers. And the next thing I knew, a hand reached out and grabbed me and sucked me all the way down here as faster than I could blink. It's a beautiful jacket, Linus. I'm just glad you're okay. Let's go find some dinner. I'm going to walk towards the nearest pile of garbage. Hey, Linus. Yes? Before you go, like, when they got you pulled down, did, like, the ghost, like, say anything? Or did they reveal any, like, evil plans? Well, there was a terrible voice that asked me if I was the key master, and I said, I don't know anything about that. <gasps> and it said, there is no valley, only Zul. And then I blacked out. The key master. It can't be. That's just lore. Well, it's certainly not me. I know that for sure. Well, maybe it might be. It might be me. I'm not entirely sure if it's me. If this is some kind of weird prophecy shenanigan, it very well could be any of us. It could be one of you. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> well, I think we have to get you guys all back up to the surface. We might have to go talk to, looks at the camera, the wizard, M. Rasmodius. Oh, dun, dun, no. dun. He's a scary guy, Patrick. You should be afraid. He let me speak to the trees. Not a lot makes sense down here, but, uh... You know what? Uh, I've heard of the Zool, though. Zool seems to be a ghost and, like, a demon-like creature that, like, we should not take too lightly if, uh, that's really who's behind all this. Yeah. Um, do you guys... I, I know these mines really well. Um, could you guys maybe all follow me single file and we'll get you back up to the surface? And uh, Elliot turns towards you, and he flips his <gasps> oh, Elliot flips his marvelous hair. Oh no, I love him too. And he says, "Well, here's the thing, Louise. We're trapped here." And he gestures around him, and you can see that there are these big, like, stone pylons that have been driven into the floor of the mine here, and arcing between them is this strange electro electro. Ecto, electro-electoplasmic energy <laughs> forming almost like a, a spirit electric fence there. We've tried to go through there before. I touched that and my hair stood straight on end. It took me five hours to get it back into its sleek, perfect shape. And he flips his hair again. It's like a shampoo commercial. Oh no, I love him so much. You did a wonderful job, Elliot. Oh, thank you, Bob. Um, so like, do you have any of your memories back? <laughs> are, you, are you insinuating something here? No, I just, I thought Shane had some memories come back, but he didn't. But and now I'm just making sure. Um, nothing, you're wonderful. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, just for Ned's edification real quick, how many of these NPCs have you been in relationships with, Louise? All of them. All of them. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. I've erased a lot of memories. I'm very rich. Yeah, this town is super weird. She has these like super like weird relationships with these guys, and I have seen a lot of doves. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Don't look at the doves for too long. Oh no. I'm gonna grab Patrick's cheeks. Don't look at the doves. <laughs> oh, 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 no touchy, no touch. Elliot turns back towards you and says, 
Well, there is a chance. They stop by here every so often to drop us off a little bit of gruel to keep ourselves alive. We might be able to cause a distraction for you to escape. We are merely NPCs. We do not have the skill and the courage to make it through, but we might be able to aid you in your great quest. And he flips his hair again. I'm just staring. Did you hear anything I said, Louise? NPC. Beautiful hair. Bob, did you hear anything I said? It's all right, Elliot. I'm not distracted by your beauty and grace. You, new guy, did you hear anything I just said? There's like, how the doves get down here in the mine? I mean, there's everywhere. And you hear from further off in the mines what sounds like a big iron door slamming open. (gasps) And Elliot turns towards you and says, all of you hide quickly. Watch for my signal and make a break for it as soon as you can. Okay. You need to get back to the surface. Talk to Rasmodius. Find out what's going on here. Okay. If you want to save all of us. And Louise, he has your hand clasped in between both of his. <gasps> I love you. What? What? Okay, we'll hide. <laughs> uh, he looks as if he's about to try and ask you more about it, but you hear a voice from further off in the cave saying... I am the voice of Gozer. I come to bring you your food. And Rick Moranis turns the corner. <laughs> no, not him. Oh, good old Rick Moranis. The true villain. <laughs> That's what we're going to pick up next time. No. Not Rick. No. Rick Moranis came out of retirement just for this. Just for this one. Actually, I'm trying to remember. Didn't he actually come out of retirement for something recently? He was in a commercial. With Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I'd come out of retirement for that. That's fair. Yeah, same here. Well, everybody, I don't remember what the key master is. I just remember it's a thing. So I'm going to go and brush up on that real quick. But uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next time with more adventures in the world of Starboo Valley. If you want more, go and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as the blissfully ignorant people who no longer remember that they got their hearts broken by Louise. If you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to connect with us there, maybe you would like to talk with McKenna about her experiences dating and breaking up with every single NPC in Stardew Valley. Don't be afraid to reach out. Now it's time to shout out our next batch of Sticker Club patrons. <laughs> this time around, we've got Elina Georgieva, Elizabeth McDowell, and James Walker. Hello, you beautiful people. These three managed to avoid getting kidnapped by the terrible ghosts that are infesting Stardew Valley, <gasps> and they've set up a little bunker in uh, the Stardrop Saloon. They are making sure that no ghosts come in to get them. They're, they've got a very defensible location up there, so they're they're doing well holding their own. Keep fighting the good fight. These people will hopefully save you, maybe. We'll see. We'll have more Sticker Club patrons to shout out next week, and if you, dear listener, want to join their ranks, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash improvtabletop, where you can also get things like Discord access, biannual sticker packs, and more, such as our current ongoing patron-exclusive campaign, Dumbledore's Delinquents. It's a grand old time, having a lot of fun with it so far. Oh, yeah. 
Now, let's do a round of plugs. Uh, McKenna, would you like to take that this week? I would love to. Um, don't forget about our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, with some lovely human beings run by the Thomas Brower and uh, including the Ned Wilcock, our host and GM. Uh, so go check it out. They're doing lots of fun stuff over there, lots of fun storylines, and they're just great people. I love those people. So check it out. Um, as far as random interesting plug of the day uh we know how i feel about birthdays we do listen christian's birthday is october 27th it will be long past his birthday (laughs) but if any of you want to shout him out and tell him happy birthday he's turning 30 he's old so old he's he's such an old guy that's disgusting Um, but I just, I just love him, and he's so swell and cute, and so creative. Um, and uh, if you have a birthday coming up, you should have a themed birthday, and it, people can dress up because it's super fun. Because he's having a dirty thirty birthday, and it is Shrek themed, oh, so dear. we're in the swamp, which is why it's dirty. Oh dear! Um, and we all are dressing up as characters from Shrek. It's so fun. So, if you have a birthday coming up, there's a good idea for you. <laughs> Go, be free with the ideas. Yes. Have themed birthdays at 30. If you throw a Shrek-themed birthday party, uh, be sure to let us know. Please let us know. Especially let Christian know. Oh my gosh. Yes. He's dressing up as the outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> That's incredible. I said, I'm going to be Fiona. You could be Farquaad because you're shorter than me. (laughs) And he's like, no, I want to be the outhouse. And I said, okay, I support you, sweetie. Well, easy enough costume, I suppose. Just get some cardboard boxes. I'll be posting pictures of it. And it is actually. Is he going to rig it? So every time the door opens, it goes, somebody. Yeah. Like that. Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. We, he's got a he's got a brown t-shirt, brown sweatpants, and then we've got one of those cards that you can record the sound. And so every time he opens it, somebody once told me <laughs> RIP. Yeah, he is super excited about it. And once he told me that idea, I was like, I actually think I support you in this decision. That's good. Yeah, I look forward to seeing how that turns out. Yeah. Me too. My Fiona costume is fire, but nothing can compete with an outhouse. Very true. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us here in the world of Starboo Valley. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Justin Porter, a.k.a. JP, and I'm a sailor. I sail. Ahoy! McKenna steals. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. (laughs) I don't know if we talk about that. Uh, I'm Thomas Ryan, and I approve my previous message. (laughs) Much loud stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Improv Tabletop. should do a shrek campaign (laughs) (laughs) it's been suggested actually if you do not have christian we have to leave this friendship yeah he'll probably shoot you yeah that makes sense (laughs) shrek and doctor who okay shrek to who (laughs) (laughs) 